Wolf, get away from those sheep. Bollocks. You're listening to the Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. Broadcasting from Fort Worth in the great state of Texas. Now, get ready for this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today, we're going to be talking about disappointment. Um, Are we already disappointed in the podcast? Is that why we're talking about disappointment? Well, I do like to get my disappointment out the way up front. I think that's a skill I've developed as I've got older. Before, I'd still have some anticipation and some hope. But um, now I feel that if you extinguish that immediately and just prepare for disappointment. Yeah, so get the bad news yeah. out of the way. So, so then if anything good does happen, it's just like a bonus. Right, right. So uh, you're one of those people then if you say, I've got good news and i got bad news. Which do you want first? You're always, well, give me the bad news first. Well, people have different perceptions on what, construes good and bad news because sometimes people give you good news like especially in a work environment somebody say oh good news blah 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 and you hear it and you know that that is going to cause a whole bunch of problems knock-on effects and pain in the backside for you right so it might be good news for them but it's bad news for you and their actual bad news like you were talking about um in your regular job about getting rid of a specific product And so somebody might be like, oh, bad news. We have to get rid of blah, blah, blah. And you're sitting here like throwing your arms in the air like you just don't care, kind of like really happy and stuff. So it's not bad news. Right. But once again, though, that good news, bad news can can lead to the disappointment. Yeah. So can there be disappointing good news? Yeah, because if you thought the good news was going to be better than it was. I mean, like, say you're expecting a kid, right? You're really looking forward to it. And then, like, I don't know, four months in, you get one of those ultrasound things and um, they say, all right, you've got two and you're kind of a bit bummed because it's like, oh, crap, two, right? But you kind of you live with it. You come up with some positives in your head, like, oh, they can play with each other, you know, just like if you get two dogs, you know, keep right. each other company. Same thing with kids. Makes sense. Basically. Yeah. I think that's why most people just have the second kid because they get tired of the first one. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, but... You know, you need one kid to take over all the chores when the oldest kid moves out of the house. Well, this is the thing. You either have them close together so they keep each other company or you have them far apart so the older one can maybe sit the younger one. Right. Uh, that's yeah. the planning involved. So anyway, that, we're messing that's up how, my... Yeah, that's how we did it. Very pertinent example of good news, which isn't as good news. Yeah. So anyway, so now you've got two, right? So it's not quite as good news as just having the one, but then you might talk yourself into thinking, oh... This is better. I do want two kids after all. So it gets to the day of delivery, right? Okay. And it's triplets. So the doctor turns around to you after the second one's come out and he goes, guess what? There's a third. Or he might say, good news, there's a third. And no. you're like, or he could oh, say, crap. He could say, bad news. There's a third. He could, but I'm saying and in it a could situation be good for you. Yeah, so I, I think it's... Uh, it's all in the interpretation is what you're trying to say. Well, uh, the person who delivers it, because they might decide it's good news when it's not good news to you. They decided whether it's good news or bad news, because the person always says, do you want the good news or the bad news? They're the one who's already categorized it. True. You know? Now, getting away from Star Wars Episode Eight, because we don't have 30 minutes to talk about that. D- well, it'd take what, a lot longer than 30 minutes to talk about you that remember, disappointment. What, what can you remember as being the first big disappointment in your life? Hmm. Gosh, I, 
I really don't remember. I guess maybe looking back would be finding out that there really was no Santa Claus. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to drag way back in the memories now because you said the first right. thing I was disappointed. That that would probably have to be my guess was I'm sure as a kid I was disappointed that there was no Santa Why Claus. Why do you think that's disappointing? Though? Well, because that's when you start realizing that that magic is not really there, you know. Then find out about the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all of these things that just kind of your parents in the background magically took care for you, and now that magic's gone. We like didn't, it, we didn't really have the Easter Bunny pushed on us very hard in England. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, so no, like pictures at the mall. Oh, the, they might have been of the Easter Bunny. Might have been, but remember, we didn't really have many malls in England. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. you'd have something called a shopping centre, but our shopping centres were roughly about the size of strip malls here oh. like there might be like eight eight shops in it stores in it yeah, and that'd be it and they'd call that though we didn't call it more they is literally called a shopping center well i think that's still what Re- we call really them really jazzy really. name shopping yeah. center yeah they get right yeah. to the point yeah there. and there'd be like three three clothing stores for uh plus sized women um mm. there'd always be about three cell phone kiosks which would be strategically placed that unless you were genuinely blind or had a certificate guaranteeing that you were deaf, you couldn't avoid the people trying to sell you phones and add-on cases and stuff. Is that kind of like Sam's nowadays? When's the last time you were in a Sam's? Or you're a Costco uh, person. Cost, yeah, yeah, I do Costco. Okay, yeah. so, so we're Sam's people, and every time I go to Sam's, you walk in and there's some dude there either trying to push you on a new cell phone plan a new security system for your home or some other random thing. And it's like, you know what they're going to do when you walk in. And I was like, hello, sir, how are you today? And I always say, I've got three of them. And I just keep walking past them. And they have that captive audience that they're not giving you any better of a deal because you're a Sam's Club member, you're a Costco member. They're just trying to capture I have a, gra- I have a great solution. On those few occasions, I do actually answer the phone when I don't know what the number is, but I'm expecting a call and I take a chance on it. Right. And it is a sales call or somebody actually talks to me in real life or messages me. I always come out with the same line. I have a credit score of 415 and I don't say anything else. Oh, that's, that's an Funnily enough, they seem it. to lose interest in how my day is going. Because, you know, they always start off, oh, how's it going, right. sir? Are you having a good day? Hmm. Have you had a good week so far? As soon as I tell them what my credit score is, I can rot in hell as far as they're yeah. concerned. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, all that compassion has gone out the window. I think, I'm thinking they might be faking it, trying maybe. to secure a business maybe transaction. Yeah, maybe they're just so good at salesmanship that, yeah. you know, that maybe they can fool some people. Right. But, you know, going along with disappointments like that you know with cell phones and you talking about the phone ringing and now of course you have the um, you know caller id built Mm. in or whatever and if you store somebody's phone number in there it pops their name up right well now they made this advancement where you get the depending on your service now scam likely Mm. or you know something like that or spam possible or whatever and you look at that you're like yeah but what if it's not you know, and then you right. answer it, and it always is, and so you're disappointed. Well, you see, the thing is, I mean, we have a bunch of friends who own companies, various companies and businesses, right? right? 
it might be that at some point from that business, somebody called somebody and the person took it as a spam call when it really wasn't a spam call and went online because there's all these websites you can go in and log, you know, these spam calls, you know, this person tried to sell me a bunch of sex toys and I'm 98 and not into that kind of thing anymore because I'm not flexible. Um, But you can put in the number uh, when they called what they said, if they left a voice message, if you didn't answer it. And so you can, if you get a number on your phone and you don't know what it is, you can go into Google, type in that number and it will appear on some of these websites. If people have reported it and they will say, Oh, you know, person tried to sell me, blah, blah, blah. Person got really angry and threatened to kill me, you know, when I wouldn't buy plastic tubing or something, you know? Um, So now you might mistakenly get put on that. So yeah, if you see the number and don't recognize it, I mean, in your line of work, you have to answer it. I don't answer any, if I don't, if the number's not on there, I mean, it's maybe once a month I'll answer a call if I don't okay. know the number. So I disagree with you here because in my line of work, yeah, outside the podcast, you're partially right. I probably should be answering phone calls that come in that are not stored in my phone, but I don't. Yeah, and I should have gone with the should be part yeah, in your role, not the right. what you actually do. Because I figure most people that are calling me they probably know I have their name stored in my phone, right? So they're going to look down, you know, or I'm going to look down at my phone. I'm going to see that I missed a call. They don't need to leave a message. You call me on, you know, and I can't answer and I look down. And I'm like, oh, I'll call you back. You know, you know that. And maybe you send me a text saying, hey, you don't need to call me back. Just wanted to know this. And then I text you back. Okay, here it is. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Where I have the problem is... There are people out there that will call and then they call again and they call mm. again and, don't and they list, call again leave a message and they don't leave a voicemail. Why would you not leave a voicemail? I automatically block anybody whose number I don't recognize who doesn't leave a voice message. If they yeah. haven't sent me a text saying, hey, it's blah, 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 I'm going to be calling you. Right. Then that chance is me answering the call are very small anyway. Well, and let's also be honest, nine times out of 10, most phone calls could be either a text message or an email. Right. I mean, unless, you you know, and we've done the same thing. I'll text you and say, this isn't a text message, need a phone call, because I've got to give you like a 10 minute story and I'm not going to take the time to type it out. And even if I did, you wouldn't take the time to read it. Right. So then we're forced to actually have a phone call. But I would say 95% of our communication is text. Yeah. Outside of sitting here yeah. talking. Yeah, probably not. Probably more than that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now true. your wife does call you every day when it gets to lunchtime, just uh, just out of habit type thing. Right. You always respond that, you know, that's yep. another phone call, which could have been a text. Exactly. Which you'd have probably ignored that it yes. has the same subject content as the conversation. But then if I ignore it, I still have to call her back. So yeah, I might true. as well get it out of the way. Yeah. Kind of like the good news, bad news. Mm. So let's get the bad news out of the way yeah. first. See, my girlfriend knows not to bother calling me. She knows, like, send a text, because if he's not answering the text, there's no way on earth he's going to answer a call. Yeah, let's see how that works out when you're married. Well, I don't I don't, I don't answer calls. I mean, it's got to be an emergency, and if it's an emergency, then text me first saying, pick up the phone. Right. Because then I'll pick up the phone. Because then almost anybody who I've got in my address book, most of the time I won't pick up the phone if they call me, because I just don't care yeah. what they have to say. It's not because I don't like them, I just don't care that much. Yeah. Um, but if any of them said, please pick up the phone and then called me, I would more than likely pick up the phone if I knew them well. If they were a business associate, I probably wouldn't. Sure. Unless I was sitting on the toilet and I'd run so, out of lives on Candy Crush. But Circling back to disappointment, 
how disappointed are you when you get that text that says, pick up the phone, they call, you answer the phone, and they literally have nothing of absolute urgence to say that literally could have been a text Well, you see, as bad as my memory is at times, I will remember that forever. In the next 60 years, if they call me, I'm not answering. Hmm. So, you know. uh, in a related topic, when's the last time you talked to Eric on the phone? On the phone, Eric. Um, maybe about two weeks ago when uh, I went with him and his girlfriend with throwing axes. Ah, uh, but that was important. So, yeah, yeah. that's probably why you picked but, up the phone. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe even earlier that week. Oh. Um, no, he's doing all right. So, you That's know, good. Just scrolling through YouTube, through the stuff which hasn't been banned yet. For, right. Well, keep you know, keeping us informed with yeah, uh, the what's secret going on. goings on. Yeah. So. You always need one friend yes. who will go through all the rubble for you. You know that thing, right? Well, I think sometimes it's been like a bit of a cliche in some romantic movies where the woman drops a ring or drops something valuable and it'd be like down a drain or in a pile of dog crap or something like that. Okay. And it's always the man or somebody else who goes and goes through all that crap to get you that ring back, right? Right. Well, Eric's our kind of point guy yes. for actually getting information because he dives in all the crap. You know, he's like a bit like the Shawshank Redemption. He's going through that long tunnel of absolute human excrement on our behalf to pick us out the actual goods. And if he comes out with nothing, that's fine because we didn't have to go through all the... Pain. That's true. So, that's true. And, of yeah. course, Eric has all the time to take care of He has all that. the time. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. So... Uh, better him than us. Yeah. But now the, I, the sad part is, and let's talk about disappointment on that. Okay. How disappointed is Eric going to be when he realizes, even though we we all realize everything that he was looking at was just pure BS, right? But Eric's still hanging on. I he's mean, still that, hanging that on. That a boy, Eric. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got to admit, you know, he. He's hanging on. I'm gonna, but, I think I'm going to get a sticker for my car, Drain the Swamp 2099, because I think that's kind of the timeline when they're expecting right. something to happen now. Yeah. Another 70, 78 years, whatever, yeah, that's the when, first arrest is going to be made. Yeah, that's and, when the storm yeah, is coming. That's and, when the storm is coming, right. yeah. But but when it finally gets, and, and by the way, we're going to say, I mean, definitive, like absolute definitive proof that all of that was a sham, how disappointed is Eric going to be? Well, I don't know if he'll have that, you know, cognitive dissonance where he'll actually bury no, his no. head in the sand. No, no, no. I mean, it, you know, because we've already tried to explain to him that right. it is BS. And he's like, no, no, you yeah. guys don't get it. But that's what I mean. Because eventually the definitive proof will come out, right? Yeah. So that hits. Yeah. How disappointed is Eric going to be? Well, you see, I don't know because... Even if all of this QAnon stuff was true, right? And there are some elements of it in terms of the Anon stuff, right? Or the people who used to hang around on 4chan, 8chan right. anyway. And a lot of them were really good hackers. And, you know, they. I, I get that, you know, they can get hold of some information, just like the people who posted stuff on WikiLeaks and all that right. stuff, right? But the whole backstory behind, you know, Q and the you know, child sex trafficking and all the underground tunnels full of hundreds of thousands of kids who are kept in cages for, you know, sexual use by the political elites, etc. I'd rather that wasn't true. You know, right. I don't not, think there's not some, anyone that yeah, really wants that's, that's that to not, be true. That's not something, I mean, as exciting sometimes as like 
people think, oh, yeah, it's cool. We're going to get involved in a war with China or, you know, aliens are going to attack and we're going to defend the Earth from aliens. Some of those things seem quite exciting, you know, because it's... Well, they're exciting if you're sitting in a movie theater. It'll be a different Thursday, wouldn't it? If it's like this Thursday, we're going to war with China. Yeah, you know, that would suck. A bit different than last Thursday, yeah. you know. Where we moved out of Afghanistan. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of thinking that I wouldn't want that story to be true regardless because I wouldn't want the thought of like millions of kids being abused. Right. Now, the other part of it, you know, the whole draining the swamp thing, I mean, I don't think that's really a secret, is it? All politicians, whether they're on the right or the left, well, almost all, 95% of politicians, whether they're on the right or the left at a national level, are corrupt at some point. Now, at the local level, I think you have a lot of good-meaning people, but the higher and higher you get up in politics, you know, it gets more and more Can- polluted. And that I think that, on the topic of disappointment, is that I think you do want to have hope in a government that they will follow democratic processes and all this stuff, you know, and they do have the best interest of the people, but it's a disappointment that day when you find out, you know what, it doesn't matter which political party you support, most of the politicians are just as bad as each other. They're all on the take. They're all busy getting to be millionaires on salaries, which don't add up to you being able to become a millionaire. Sure. And so, yeah, that's a big disappointment as an adult. Well, I, realizing it's all BS, the whole pit, right, political and, stuff. And I, I, I totally agree with you there. You said 95%, though. Mm. I think it's really like 99999 because it just depends on that level. Yeah. You've got, no matter what, there's somebody harmlessly taking some money from a lobbyist to get one little thing through. Maybe that was just a dinner or whatever, but by definition, that's corruption, mm-hmm. right? Versus somebody that is just taking paycheck after paycheck and blah, blah, blah. I think that's just part of the political system. Yeah. You know, they, and like you say, Plenty of people in local politics, and we've talked to several of them. Uh, in fact, probably going to have another couple, you know, come on the show here, you know, very soon. We've got one cooking right now that I haven't even talked to you about yet. Do you mean that, literally cooking? Yes. Oh, mm. it's literally cooking. It's, Is it, it a woman? Well, no, it's on the smoker right now. Oh, okay. So, so it's low and slow, but uh, when it comes off the smoker, it's going to taste good. So it's not literally a woman cooking somewhere then who's going to come on the show. There's, when you say Actually, cooking, you're using lingo. Well, I've got know. it on the back burner. I've got it though, on the slow burner. I've got it whatever. I never even thought maybe I could ask her to bring food. Yeah. I bet she would. Honestly, I bet well, she, she would. Well, she doesn't have a lot to live up to, really, does she? Well, not It's not only, like many of our guests have been, you well, know, but generous. We, yeah, but we don't have to worry about Bill Vaughn eating, eating the it food. all the way there. Yeah, so. Mind you, what know. does this woman look like, though? Because if she's a bit on the tubby side, maybe she'll be tempted to eat it mm-hmm. on the way here as well. Well, you know. Let's let's not dig in too much of that until I explain what's going on. Okay. But anyway, now I completely lost my train of thought. I once, where had, we were going. I once had a friend in college in England, right? He was we had pizzas delivered to his house because he was going to be paying with cash, right? And then he was supposed to be coming to our house, which was I think maybe eight or nine doors down on the same side of the street. Okay. Mm-hmm. He managed to eat one pizza on that walk which was supposed to be divided between three of us and so the only thing he actually ended up bringing was some garlic breadsticks now need a couple of points clarification here yeah. are we talking about large pizzas 
yeah, it was like about 14 inch, 12 inch, 14 okay. inch pizza. Okay. Yeah. That's supposed to be between three of us. Okay. For computer and, game night. And when you say nine doors down, here's yeah. what I'm picturing in my head. That stereotypical English neighborhood where all the houses are touching in like one door to the next Similar. door is like five steps. Yeah, yeah. You could spit on the next house. Right. That's, that's what yeah. I'm picturing. So eight or nine doors down, you're talking about a three-minute walk? Well, I, I think you could actually do the worm on your belly and well, get there in three minutes. But he's carrying stuff. So I'm giving him extra time. Well, yeah, he's carrying the pizza in his stomach. Right. But we know when it was delivered. Okay. And so he said he was leaving right then, and it took him like almost 10 minutes. So I don't know whether he ate most of it while he was still in the house and then ate the rest like while he was walking to the house kind of thing. And then so your other buddies are there, and y'all only get garlic bread. Yeah. And I think he ate one of the pieces of that as well. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be four pieces. There's only three. You just can't trust people with food. No, you can't. That would be a fine example of getting an extreme amount of disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure y'all were hungry and y'all were craving the pizza. You're like, hey, we got pizza on the way. Right. You know, it's coming. And then the door opens. There's your buddy with full belly, half a box of breadsticks. Now, funnily enough, he didn't get to enjoy it too much because he drank too much and threw up about two hours later because mm-hmm. we were playing a drinking game. Playing, I think we are playing like the Sega Mega Drive, which is the equivalent of the, the Genesis. Sega Genesis system. Yeah. And uh, we were playing, I think, uh, electronic, sorry, EA Sports uh, NHL oh. games, one of those games. And I think we were that playing was... a drinking game where it's like every time somebody scored or you got somebody sent in the penalty box, you had to like drink a certain amount. Gotcha. And he sucked at it. This was the one I've told you about him before. This was the one who was colorblind even worse than you. Oh, and, when, but he also, but he also, when he started drinking, he had almost like narcolepsy and he'd just like keep passing out. Right, right. And so what would happen when he'd pass out, we'd go in and we'd change the color of the uniform to colors we knew he couldn't see very well. And so it just looked like there were kind of like sp- outlines of sprites. So he played after that absolutely terribly. And we did this for like, well, basically the whole of the year, actually. Um, but yeah, every time we'd play, we'd wait to just kind of got a bit drowsy, went off to the bathroom and we'd change the uniform colours or we'd change the, just his goalkeeper's uniform. So he, so, he couldn't see his, so he couldn't see where his goalkeeper was. You know, but did he ever catch on? No, because no, he was always never. drunk when it happened, when it initiated. Oh, okay. So, so even if he would have like walked out of the bathroom or whatever and y'all were doing it, he was drunk at the time, he well, wouldn't have even known y'all well, were doing yeah, it. Well, yeah, and there were two other factors. that He wasn't a very existential person, as it was, and he was very busy because he had two girlfriends. Oh. And they both knew about each other as no well. One of, them, one of them was a student at the university we were at, and the other one was um, in his hometown, which was about 18 miles away. So, yeah, he had two girlfriends. But his girlfriend back home, he had dated for like six years. She had gone off to college, uni the same year, and they had this arrangement. Look, we're, we'll be together when we're at home during the holidays. But while we're at college, kind of anything goes. But they still maintained, he still referred to her as his girlfriend. But then he got this new girlfriend, and not just a girlfriend who you know, it was a girlfriend after his normal drinking right. kind of thing on a Friday or Saturday or while you're at uni on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, how, Thursday. How far away was the school? Uh, Five minutes. Oh, wow. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, so he got, so yeah, he had two girlfriends. Do, do you know how that whole thing eventually panned out? Um, do you remember? I don't know. I mean, obviously now as I'm older, I'd have more questions, but back yes. then I was still 
in a relative level of naivety. Sure. But now my imagination's get, imagination has gone wild and I feel like tracking him down on Facebook to ask him some questions. Yeah. That might make an Because they both did podcast. stay the, they both did stay the night one time. Oh. So good for him. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Steve, if by some miracle, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't think I was hugely disappointed as a kid though. I think Santa Claus, my parents weren't very didn't have much money. So Santa Claus was a bit of a wanker to me anyway, because like my friends would get all this cool stuff and I'd get not much cool stuff. So I thought this was kind of personal. Oh, like Santa Claus yeah, didn't like being a you. Dick. Right. Didn't like you as much as yeah. your and friends. I, and I hadn't done anything that I knew of, which had pissed him off. So, I mean, when I found out Santa Claus wasn't real, I just transferred maybe a little bit of that disappointment onto my parents. But I understood that my parents didn't have much money, so I didn't blame them. Sure. But I was pissed at Santa Claus. No, that makes total sense because you think, you know, Santa has all yeah. this magical power. He lives up in the yeah. North Pole. He's delivering all these toys and everything. It's like, why did Billy next door end up with this cool skateboard yeah. and all I got was a pair of socks? Like, yeah. you know... Yeah, I can I could see the disdain for Santa. Yeah. I just I almost wonder, especially with like, you know, the internet and everything now, I kind of wonder about my youngest who's 8, right? And we're kind of at that, you know, I've always said you don't want your kid to be the first in the class to tell everybody Santa Claus isn't real. But you also don't want your kid to be the last one to find out. Like, it's got to be somewhere in the middle, right? You know, you don't mm. want your kid to be the one telling everybody Santa isn't real, but you don't want your kid to be, you know, in class and everybody else knows it's not, and that one kid's just, like, kind of holding on to it, right? Mm. But I think that rule is shifting because, I mean, my 8-year-old kid, of course, your kid's even younger than that, but my 8-year-old kid yeah, he's always... <laughs> Oh, well, all right, they're the same age. <laughs> by, by a few months, he's younger. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. technically I'm right. Yeah. But, gosh, he's that old? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You talking about your son? Oh, my no. no. Well, both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah eight. But for uh, my point was for a few years now, like your kid will grab your phone, my kid grabs my wife's phone, right, and they're on the phone and they're – you know, looking at YouTube videos or playing games or whatever, but they have access to the internet. And once they can learn to type something in, they could immediately just type in, is Santa Claus real and find out. Right. So at some point, do we say, let's just nix the whole Santa Claus thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it, let's just get rid of it. Now, and I'm not saying get rid of him as a character. You know, you can still have the Christmas decorations and all that, but just explain, look, Christmas morning, there'll be gifts under the tree, or maybe you're kind of old school and you're like, you know, the gifts are already under there, but you can't open them till Christmas. And do we get rid of the staying up late and putting toys together and doing all that stuff? It sounds stuff? like the first step towards communism. Uh, see, I don't think so. Mm. I think, Slowly honestly, eroding Christmas. No, but... I think Santa Claus, the whole premise behind that is more communistic than capitalistic. Well, yeah, getting because, something for nothing. More socialistic than uh, communist. See, yeah. there you go. Mm. And if you wouldn't have had that issue, you wouldn't have hated Santa Claus. Maybe. I don't know. Say, solving the world's yeah. problems. But other than that, next disappointment, other than like Santa Claus, 
but that was in his performance. That was his job performance level. I was disappointed with. Um, I don't think I really had much disappointment because I wasn't one of those kids who was like super miserable, but I was kind of um, a bit gothicy, you know, a bit kind of Smith Morrissey type look at life. You know, very realistic. You know, you but wanted you wanted good things, but you kind of accepted probably not going to get those good things. So it doesn't mean you don't kind of lament about it, but you don't get your hopes up so high that they get dashed, you know. You're just a realist from a very young age. I think I was one of those type kids, you know. Yeah, but was that gothic-y over in England uh, like the Smiths? It was more, no, um, gothics were very separate because over here it's more kind of like indie and even attached to some kind of alt-rock bands, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Good Charlotte, a band like Good Charlotte or even Green Day at some point might have considered themselves kind of punk gothy, you know, with the right. heavy eyeliner and all this stuff. But in England, that wouldn't have been considered goth. Um, the Cult, Sisters of Mercy, The Damned, all those people were kind of considered gothic because you really had to have that gothic look, like you look the like cure. you wouldn't be out of place. Yeah, The Cure, like you look, wouldn't look out of place in like an interview with a vampire. Movie. Right. Right, it's yeah. like Halloween is all year long. Right, yeah, yeah, that that was kind of gothic in England, but there was a certain mindset which was very similar to that um, kind of Smiths type mindset, that early indie mindset. Because I think the early indie music in England was more about a style of music, not just bands that didn't have record labels. Because the, it came from that you know you run an independent record label. Right, it was a guy who got you enough weren't. money to sign a few artists, or you paid for it yourself. But all of those bands pretty much had a very similar sound. And, you know, that's because it the mainstream, you know, music movement decided nobody wants to listen to that stuff. You know, it's too depressing. You know, it's not singing about holidays and boats and parties and all this stuff. No boats and hoes. Right. Um, and so they didn't play it. And so there was no money in the business for those type of bands. And so indie kept underground for a long, long period of time. It was not commercially right. viable. Yeah, but it attracted, you know, a lot of people who had this similar mindset, this realistic mindset. They didn't want, you know, like these almost infomercial videos along with a song of how great life is and all their stuff when that wasn't their life day to day. But, you know, right. before the internet, you didn't realize that was a huge movement of people. You thought you were a loner if you were a goth or identified with that kind of indie label. You felt like you were a bit of a loner and nobody else felt like that and you didn't know anybody else who liked that type of music. Whereas the truth is, you just didn't really talk about it so much. But in, So when indie finally exploded, it became cheaper for people to produce their own music and also, um, you know, 80s synth gave away to kind of like late 80s and early 90s more kind of rise of indie bands you suddenly found this kind of indie market was huge it wasn't this small thing which had been ignored where people thought there was no money in it and it's such an isolationist group you know full of weirdos it was suddenly like i guess a lot of people are weirdos because a lot of people share their like for this type of music and lyrics and stuff yeah it it kind of makes me wonder what you know markets like England or even over in the US during that kind of late 80s early 90s alternative rock revolution uh you know Nirvana they just celebrated what 30 years of mm. nevermind coming out like a week ago or so how different that landscape would have looked with things like Spotify with you know iTunes cuz 
yeah, you had Napster and everything, then LimeWire, and that was really in the super infancy back then. But now, you know, nobody buys CDs, nobody buys, um, you know, physical copies anymore, except for maybe the occasional vinyl, because you can just go on your Spotify and say, I want to listen to this right now, and you don't need a record label to put you on Spotify. Yeah. Now, one area of disappointment kind of quickly came and went when I was in, like, elementary school was I thought girls were going to be a temporary thing. You know that age, there's a specific age here, I don't know whether it's, like, six or seven, where girls have gone past the novelty stage and just become the pain in the ass stage, mm. right? And in that pain in the ass stage, you're kind of like, you can't wait for the day that you can get away from girls. And you just kind of think that school is just some experiment where they've thrown you all together. But when you leave school, you'll never have to see a girl again. Cause you get to choose and just hang out with your friends and not have to deal with girls. But then you find out that's not the case. And society does actually operate in a mixed uh, gender operation and so you have to come to the terms with all right i guess these annoying people are going to be around for the rest of my life so i better try and start liking them well yeah and of course in your example right you know it's just you don't even really think about the boy girl thing and then you go through that you know nobody wants to be around the girls but then you turn around and then at a certain age all of a sudden they appear again but they look different they look completely different than what you looked at say four or five grades ago so to speak and then you get to your point yeah. too and then you figure out they don't think like you yeah you, their brains don't work the same way and you get extremely confused well when and, you're a boy between the age of five and ten okay. i think girls fall into that bloody useless category right it's just it's just not any use because they tend to well not be with, that great not be that great at sports especially would, in england different different point over here in the States, you get a lot of athletic girls. But in sure. England, it wasn't really pushed, you know, PE, athletics for girls. You know, it's one of those things they had to do because the government didn't want them getting too fat too early. You know, wait till you're like 22 and then get really fat. Right. Um, but that was actually the first point I was going to go to is if you stop and think about, you know, playing games on the playground or whatever. And you're going to do the old school, you know, two captains and pick the teams. Yeah. And if there's boys and girls mixed up. With very, very few exceptions, the girls would probably be picked last. I right. mean, maybe you've got, like, one girl that's really good yeah. at basketball, and you're like, oh, okay, I want her. But then, you know, the rest of the girls are standing there. Or you're playing, you know, tag or something like that, and the girls are running slower and this, that, and the other. So, like you say, between those ages of 5 to 10, they're just kind of sitting there taking up space, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, so that was that was a short, short kind of disappointment. Yeah. You know, I thought girls would disappear off the face of the earth, but then I got to an age where, no, they're okay to have around, and so you know, mm-hmm. and it's all right. So kind of outgrew that one. Um, going to the beach, we've talked about that before yeah. when we talked about vacations, holidays. It was a disappointment going to the beach because there's more sand than water, and some of that sand had, like, razor sharp. Well, basically walking on Legos for about a mile to reach the water, which then you had to go in a mile before it came up to your knee. So it... You got in a lot of steps. I wish I had a steps count about things. I think a lot of that problem, though, we could blame on Hollywood and we could blame on advertising because they never show the bad parts of the beach. 
I mean, you take like Corona beer, for instance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And everybody's sitting on this beautiful beach. Well, they're always in the West Indies or somewhere. Yeah, when they there's, do that. there's nobody in front of them. You know, there's no kid, mm. you know, throwing sand on them as they walk by. It's yeah. just this beautiful blue water out in front of them, perfect sandy beach, and they don't have a speck of sand anywhere, but they never show, like, dragging those chairs back in and going back to the car and getting sand all over the place, even though you hose yourself off and you bring the car back from vacation, you realize, I still have sand all over me. Yeah. I haven't been to the beach in a week, like... How does my car still have sand all in the car? My car, literally, right now that we took to Destin a few months ago, still has sand in it, and we vacuumed it three times. Yeah. Well, the and, beach, the beach, my parents went to, and obviously took me. I, I can kind of compare it to Long Island, right? Okay. In that, yeah, technically there's a beach there, but the water's not the greatest, and. Like about every 30 seconds you get a whiff of garbage and poop. So that's kind of... I've seen the beach in Long Island. I've, yeah. I've driven, you know, whatever that highway is that goes yeah. right by the beach. But never rolled the window down in the car. Never yeah. got out of the car and actually walked out there. I think, it's the Staten, I think it's the Staten Island garbage ferries which go across and the smell uh-huh. just comes across and... Well, it's I, lovely. Know, it was cold, so we had the windows up right. and the heater on. Yeah. You know, so I'm just looking out the window, and it looked pretty, yeah. as far as I could tell. Yeah. But we were going like 70, 75 miles an hour, and I'm like, oh, there's the beach. you know. And then you'd get a bunch of businesses in front of, oh, there it is again. Now, do you think some of the disappointments when you're a kid are over unrealistic things, as opposed to when you're an adult? It's kind of realistic most of the time, except for stuff like the Cowboys, because we know they're going to be crap every year, so I don't know why anybody uh, bothers getting the hopes up. I don't know. They played a pretty good game last weekend. <sighs> Depending on when this drops, I just realized, you know, yeah. what What if we wait like a couple of weeks and then they played a horrible yeah, game? Yeah, but so. the Cowboys are a bit like that mm. kind of girlfriend who's like a five and a half out of ten, who if she really makes an effort to dress up can look like a seven and a half or an yeah. eight. That's true. But if she lets herself go or she's having a bad day, she really looks like a one out of ten, and that's mm. the Cowboys in a nutshell, I think. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's been an unfortunate It's been a lot of one out of ten days. Yeah, there has yeah. been. There, there really has been. But I guess going back to that metaphor, you're kind of proud of yourself when you get her dressed up to look like that seven yeah. and a half and you want to show everybody, look yeah. at what I've got, you know, and then you realize it's short lived. Right. But that, that reflects how people post on social media as well. Cause like, Oh, what people will post, you know, they're watching a Cowboys game and the Cowboys, you know, by some strange miracle, like winning by quite a bit, they'll post, Oh, watching the game, blah, blah, blah. There's a score. Yeah, it's like how, 45 to nine or something. How about them boys? Yeah. How about them boys? But yeah. you know, when they get their ass beat, and by you know Philadelphia or some other useless team, whatever nobody's posted. It's like nobody knew a game was going on, and that's when you don't post photos of that girlfriend when you're going out with her and she looks like a one out of ten. You only post the photos of when she's looking like the seven and a half out of ten. I guess the only difference though between football is in the Cowboys example. Usually, when the Cowboys win really big, you know yeah. everybody's posting those things like you say. But then when they lose. Then all the cowboy haters come out and say, oh, look, you know, y'all can't do that. And, you know, you can't win a game. You couldn't even beat this crappy team, blah, 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 blah. And everybody laughs at the cowboys. At least if you have that, 
solid five yeah. that didn't dress up all that well. Nobody's posting a picture mm-hmm. of her as a two saying, look at what you married, you worthless SOB. Do you, you think know? if you draft, if you could somehow draft like Tom Brady, that's, that's the equivalent of having automatic breast enhancement and liposuction on demand for your girlfriend? The only thing, honestly, that would make me stop being a Cowboys fan is if Tom Brady really? was drafted. Yes, or not drafted, traded, traded uh, to the Cowboys. I, I couldn't watch the Cowboys. Really? If Tom Brady wore a Cowboys uniform, uh, I would stop following the Cowboys. Uh, He's the only one, at the uh, absolute only mm. one. Uh, Gronkowski, though, is a very close second. I don't think I could put up with him, uh, but definitely Tom Brady. Like If mm. Tom Brady came to Dallas, no, I'd... I, I wouldn't care if they won the Super Bowl, went sixteen and zero. I, I just I, I wouldn't care. I would stop mm. being a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I don't. Like and any I think you've got enough of that. Uh, but I think you have a lot of Cowboys fans that actually oh, feel I'm that sure, way. But I like Tom Brady. But then again, Americans have a different approach to success. They really start resenting teams when they and people when they have a dynasty. They want to bring them down a lot. Well, it's like this whole thing, like this American approach to like Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi in soccer, right? They're always like, oh, blah, blah, blah is the best in the world. And so the other one must be crap in comparison. They can't wrap their heads around the fact that two of the greatest players to ever play the game are playing at the same time. It doesn't matter who you think is better than the other. It doesn't matter. They're so far up here that you should just be like, look, these are two of the greatest players. It doesn't matter if you dislike both of them. They're just the two best players to probably ever play the game ever. And I look at the same thing with like Tom Brady. It doesn't matter whether you like him or dislike him. He's probably the one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback to ever live, and especially the fact that right at, towards the end of his career, he's gone to a completely different team with no hope of winning the Super Bowl and taking him win a Super Bowl. I mean, you can't, whatever you dislike about the guy, you can't dispute his pedigree and what he's actually done in the game. I mean, you might hate, I still him, hate, him. hate him more than anybody on air, still hate but him. he's still probably the best quarterback to have ever played the game. But I still hate him. And yeah. if he came to the Cowboys, I would stop being a Cowboys fan. Well, I think even Tom Brady would know that you're not going to go to Dallas and win a Super Bowl. I mean, he'd take a chance on Tampa Bay before Dallas. Mm, yeah. You know, because I'm sure Jerry would have given him a lot more money than Tampa Bay. Mind you, you don't know, though. You never know. Never know with Jerry. You Jerry's never know a with Jerry. Funny Jones. dude. And by funny, I mean sadly ironic and depressing. Yeah. But if Jerry Jones would like to sponsor this podcast, yeah. uh, you know, we are right here in town. So, yeah. I've so never seen right such ahead. a virile old man with so much life and intelligence just in his face, even before he speaks. And then he just basically sounds like Moses regurgitating directly what God has told him. Oh. That's how wise he is. Now, if he doesn't want to sponsor us, he can go do one because he's a wanker. Oh. He might already have one. Have one what? A podcast. I wonder if Jerry Jones has a podcast. He's a boring ass. But what's Jerry, he going to talk about? Well, I don't know. He's on like talk radio and everything, sports talk radio. They, yeah. He might have a podcast. We should probably look that up. He's really short as well, isn't he? I don't think so. He looks really short. I don't I don't think he's really short. I mean, define really short. Because I'm, I'm thinking really short is like below 5'6". Oh, no, not that short. Yeah. I've yeah. seen like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, yeah. I mean, that's shorter than us. Yeah. But that's not really short. But outside of inherited money, it's very rare for short people to make lots of money unless you're completely the opposite. 
and a dwarf or something and you get a good acting role in Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or something like that. Yeah, or Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. Mind you, that dude already had a good career before. Yeah, he did. Yeah. What was his name? I can picture the dude. Peter... Dinklage. Dinklage. There yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And a good actor, too. Yeah, very I good mean, actor. Yeah, very yeah. good actor. I do feel he gets typecast a little bit, stereotyped as the dwarf. That's unfortunate yeah. that all the roles that he seems to play are all like dwarves or midgets. I'm just, I'm just waiting to see... Uh, like I want to see a Peter Dinklage basketball movie. Like he's like the star player of a basketball team. I want to see like Marvel go so woke that he actually ends up playing the female version of Thor. Oh, that might be kind. Of, well, yeah, but once they have somebody playing a certain superhero, mm. isn't that kind of locked in? No, I thought that's the way that worked. It just mm. like uh, who's Iron Man? Why can't I think of his name? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. You know, he was always Iron Man. Even yeah. the Iron Man movies, and then well, even- Spider Man's changed a bunch of times. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, the the guy who played Black Panther in real life died, so they've well, got a new Black Panther. Yeah. I mean, outside of death, though, I mean, I can give him a pass on that one, right? Although Star Wars. They've turned around and people are have been dead, and then they use that deep fake yeah, technology. So it's, not, it's not a good excuse. Yeah, exactly. So Hollywood can overcome death. So I, I want to get to the point where that becomes a little bit more common, where they start using advanced CGI to put dead actors and actresses in movies. But then I want the critics to have a go at them, just like they would if it was a real life person. So, you know, criticize their performance, even though it's not their fault because they're a computer-generated thing, but just, like, really rail on them for, like, a really bad performance in a movie. Sure, just but, be like, but let's be honest. Would the critics even know the difference? Probably not. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they've said movies are good when they're not, and they've said mm. movies are bad when yeah. they're good. So I don't think mm. the critics would really know that that person was dead. Well, you have to remember, most movie critics aren't exactly household names, and they True. probably work the same principle as we were talking earlier with politicians. It's like if somebody's got a certain budget for a movie, say it's a, I don't know, mid-sized indie movie, so you've got a budget of, like, I don't know, 50000 I have no clue, and um, they decide that 40000 of that budget is going on the movie and that extra 10000 is going to two review people who do it for magazines hey here's five thousand each just give it a good review and say hey surprisingly you know funny the actors great breakthrough performances definitely worth a watch i can see great things coming from this writer and director in the future give them five grand each they're going to do it because let's be honest if you're some critic who hardly anybody's ever heard of and somebody gives you five thousand dollars to say this movie was all right instead of total crap you're going to say it's all right because what does it matter well, I guess that if Jerry Jones wrote me a check for a million dollars and mm. said, you know, here's your check for a million dollars. Are you okay with Tom Brady coming to the Cowboys? I'd say, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You'd be there every day, him at the airport. Every day and twice on Sunday. And you'd be washing his car from the weekends. No, that's what I had kids for. Well, Kids would wash the car. Yeah, but you don't want them to share in the wealth. I didn't say I was going to pay them, but well, I'm not going to do They might get work. a bit suspect when they go to this big mansion and they're washing all these, like, nice cars they might be no i just stop at sonic on the way back get them a corn dog and oh, call it even yeah well just give me like five dollars worth of roblox bucks and yes that'd, that'd be all right i'd probably make out better giving them the roblox bucks than actually feeding them well it'd be cheaper 
It's a bit of advice for anybody out there with multiple kids. Although the older kids tend to be stronger and can work for longer, you generally have to pay them more. True. Some of them, unfortunately, as they get towards their teenage years, are aware of the health and safety laws. So that's always a downer. When they start bringing that up, like, oh, I'm not supposed to be breathing in this toxic gas. It's like, shut up. We can't afford a mask and the weed killer. But also don't forget when they get to a certain age, they're familiar with the minimum wage law. Yeah. That one really sucks. Yeah. So you can't say, yeah, go out, do yard work. It's going to take you two or three hours. I'll pay you five bucks. Yeah. Once they get to that age, yeah. Yeah, but then if they read a little bit on, they'll know that that doesn't apply to, a, you know, unless you're a business. You have to be registered as a business well, for yeah, that whole minimum true. wage thing. I mean, yeah. businesses can't legally pay you in cash anyway yeah. for labor. So, you know, paying your kid, you don't have to follow that minimum yeah. wage law. Yeah, so the younger kids, although they don't give such a great workout, per, you're going to get less hassle employing the younger ones because they will work for longer generally speaking they're not that great at math so if you give them a total mm. so because like you say, to, you say to a kid look i'm gonna pay you 48 dollars. you know what i'm feeling generous i'm gonna give you 50 dollars for your four days of work and that works out at 27 dollars an hour you know if you get them at the right age they're kind of like they just concentrate on the $50. They haven't worked out that they're actually only getting like $2.80 an hour. Right. They're just going to concentrate on the $50. Whereas the older ones, they get their iPhone out and be like, nah, not happening. Right. Well, they'll just post something on like Instagram and say, hey, yeah. is this a good deal? And read the comments and then turn around mm. and say no. Yeah. I think that's how that works now. Yeah. I don't even think they would use the calculator. They just rely on social media to answer it for them. Right, Yeah. Oh. Maybe maybe do a protest dance on TikTok about how they're getting ripped I, off. Okay, so excellent point. I keep forgetting about TikTok. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to forget it, about it TikTok. Just, yeah, it's just dating me. I, I was trying to be cool and say Instagram. I almost said like Facebook, you know, but kids aren't even on Facebook, and I don't think they're barely on Instagram anymore. Now everything's went to TikTok, which is a, another disappointment. TikTok, I just... When Vines came out, remember Vines? And it was like the I remember six, the name of yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah. like six-second videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so now you have TikTok. I'm like, isn't this the same thing that Vine deal was, except you're not limited to six seconds, but it's still just these random videos, and you can do that on Instagram, and you can post videos on Facebook. I, I don't understand what the fascination with the TikTok video is. Other than the fact that people are so lazy, they keep their phone held up right rather than turned in a theater mode or, you know, 16 by 9 wide mode. Like, you should shoot a video and everything's up and down. And maybe that's how TikTok got so popular, basically because of laziness of filming videos. Well, I think TikTok's a bit creepy, to be honest, because, again, it's one of those things which is aimed at an age group which is too young for you legally to be able to sign up and for them to use your information. Right. And. Well, just let's back up now. Just so we're clear though, I accurately described TikTok, yeah. right? It's just videos yeah. in portrait yeah. mode that you watch. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, okay. Much, yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, so you've got 12 and 13 year old girls dancing to songs a lot of the time where it's not edited so it's like you know f this f that 
lots yeah. of sexual organs, whatever. And they're doing a dance that they've seen in the videos. You've got 12 and 13-year-olds tweaking, sticking their asses out of the camera. And TikTok, I think, is just... I don't know, it just seems like open market for a pedophile who doesn't care whether the kids are wearing clothes or not. It yeah, just, but... There's no reason to have that stuff. But isn't that what... Was it Facebook or was it Instagram that was trying to bring out the Facebook oh, Instagram, slash Instagram Oh, Instagram for kids. For kids yeah. yeah, it that finally got kind of stopped at least. I'm not saying completely kiboshed, yeah. but at least it got halted for a little well, bit. Well, Facebook, they actually... Their official... I think it was internal review, it came up saying that this is harmful to kids. And even, you know, like, um, even in its basic format, this is harmful to kids because of, you know, the amount of bullying, cyberbullying that goes on and also what they're exposed to and people trying to groom them on there and the amount of pornography and whatever else is on these platforms, which a lot of the time goes largely unchecked. And like I said, it's TikTok just seems to be this... I mean, the fact it's Chinese in origin should make you think it's a bit nefarious anyway. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just uncomfortable, you know, to look at. I mean, if you want to go in there and put in a hashtag for something you're particularly interested in, I can kind of get that. And some people do like watching quirky dances and there's some comedy stuff on there. But, you know, generally speaking, a huge amount of videos on there is just young girls, underage girls twerking a lot of the time maybe in their underwear or whatever. And it's like, how is this a socially acceptable platform? Now, sure, if people want to do that, do that. But again, you've got complete strangers on the internet perving over basically little girls, right? you know, not wearing much, dancing around to songs with explicit lyrics. Now, I'm not trying to sound like an overbearing conservative. I, I would have concerns if I had a 12-year-old daughter who was doing videos like that on TikTok who would be contacting her, trying to track her down, whatever else. To me, that doesn't seem like a safe platform. Sure. So would you then be worried about how many followers she had? So if she had like five, you'd be like, okay, yeah, you're not that popular. But if she had like- I'll be honest with you. We We should end the show there on the fact that, yeah, I would be a little bit disappointed if she was doing all that and only had 10 followers. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, look at this kid over here. Look, she's... Uh, yeah, but, you know, she could at least go out there and do that and you wouldn't have yeah. to worry about anything. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, if she had like 5 million yeah. followers, then you'd probably yeah. be a little more concerned. I'll be like, look, this kid sits three rows away from you in class and she's a bit chunky and she's got like 10,000 views. What are you doing wrong? Right. So, yeah, I'd feel a bit disappointed, but yeah. equally validated in that you need to get off this platform. Yeah, so. got to step up your game. So uh, you would be extremely disappointed. It would be a letdown, that, yeah. Since that has been the theme of the show, yeah. disappointment. Mm. And I honestly don't even know how we got here, but I don't that's, know. that's typically what happens. So that'll do it for this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. And uh, now that we're at the end, just a little quick plug here. We've got, we got some new microphones. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of the new microphones? I like them. Yeah. Hopefully. I didn't like that old big arm thing because although yeah. I'm a big fan of robots, this was like almost like a scarecrow robot arm. It's just basically useless yeah. other than getting well, in we, the bloody way. We still have, still the, have that one. We still have that one. And so... I wasn't about to spring for the yeah. guest to have a really yeah. good microphone. I mean, hey, look, you're the guest. It's our show. You yeah. can yeah, put up with right. that microphone. Or we could tell guests that come in the studio they need to bring their own microphone. Yeah. That would be more up mm. our alley. I mean, yeah. that that would sound honestly like something we would actually do is say, if you're going to come on our show, you got to bring your own microphone. Well, most of the time they can't remember to bring their own water, so I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, that's true. 
That's true. Well, with all that said, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd, and we will catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd podcast. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, thewolfandtheshepherd.com, to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes when you get a chance. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for additional content. Join us next time for another episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Ooh.